0: Welcome to episode 62 of Shane Talks. This is a Lawrence Central Class of 1998 reunion episode. (laughs) I have been so excited for this episode for so long. As always, I'm joined by Jason L. Mayer, the greatest and most beautiful co-host anybody could ever ask for. And this week, we have an awesome guest with us. It is somebody that Jason and I went to all four years of high school with at lawrence central we all three graduated in 1998 together we have mr john owens Woo! what it do what's up brother thank you so much for being here i'm so looking forward to going down this rabbit hole of history and all the stuff <laughs> that we did when we were for those four years of high school and afterwards uh it is gonna be a blast I'm so good. let's let's get started man uh, freshman year uh, I was in drama my freshman year. John, did you not take drama our freshman year? Did you wait till your sophomore year?
1: I, I did not do uh, – I was not involved in the drama department at all freshman year. I was okay. just – I was new, man. I, I didn't go to Belzer. I didn't go to oh. Cold Creek Valley. So I was just kind of getting my feet wet, trying to get used to the music program. That's really what drew me to LC. Um, and uh, I, I saw – I was watching – channel eight local news when they had won lures the year before and uh i was competitive and i was like man i want to go to wherever wh- whoever won that trophy i want to figure out how to go there so that's, nice. that's how i ended up there so um i didn't really i didn't even know about um much about the drama program at all till i got to lc and then a
0: lot started building a lot of friendships with people that were involved Nice. Uh, so your freshman year, you were involved in uh, the men's choir club, where I assume you met Jason at, or at least got to know Jason pretty well there. And you guys were in the uh, New Expressions uh, choir group together. Uh, New Expressions did not do all the dancing also, right? Like you guys just sang? Oh, no, no, New no. Expressions. No? Oh, okay. We had
1: choreography, yeah. Oh, cool. But New, New Expressions was a little bit, had, you know, it was freshman but it had it had like bad news bears vibe, like it was like it was like show choir meets lean on me, <laughs> new expressions. Okay, like, I, I remember first week of new expressions. One of the girls making Miss Adrianson cry and go back to her office.
0: Uh, really? Was, oh yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Oh wow, that's crazy. Uh, Jason, <laughs> I, what memories you got from new expressions? Uh, I
2: remember. Uh, John being in New Expressions and then not being in New Expressions, (laughs) Um, uh, he has very famously told this story uh, in other places. But yeah, so he essentially saw how rough and tumble we were in in New Expressions and he decided uh, to flex a little bit. And he was like, yo, uh, Mr. Bridgewater, you need to bounce me out of that. I can't be in there. And so, and John had the chops to be where he should have been anyway. He should have probably been in Central Sound all four years, but. Well, so let me, yeah, a,
0: so let me ask you that. Uh, well, obviously we'll get to Central Sound to hear it a little bit. Uh, is, is it there, is it taboo for them to ever put a freshman in Central Sound or were it there was. freshmen?
1: It, it definitely was at the okay. time it was, I mean, when, when, when Jason and I were freshmen, um, especially coming off of the previous year where they were grand champions at lures, they had m- most, most of central sound of uh, our freshmen. And then even our sophomore year were seniors, like over right. half were seniors. Um, most were juniors. I mean, it was, I mean, or most, you are the junior seniors, like the upperclassmen choir.
2: It was basically like varsity, man. Yes. hundred like, percent. Just like football. It was it's like, like such sound connection
1: feet? was like I would say JV, and then freshman and new and new expressions was freshman, and and so it, it and, and that's how it was. You would have some freshmen that would be in sound connection or whatnot. And for me, I mean, quite honestly, I it wasn't even like I didn't have a whole lot to flex again. I had no relationship, um, with the Bridgewaters, it wasn't like I had like inside scoop or connection, really. Like what I think it was a culture shock for me because I had grown up. I'd gone, I'd been in the Indianapolis Children's Choir. Oh, cool. I I don't think I knew that. uh, Nine years or eight and a half years old is when I joined the Indianapolis Children's Choir. Henry Leck, who was the director of the top choirs there, the dude was like, I will forever be grateful for so many things I learned from him, but he really taught us discipline. Like the dude was like, if you show up, if you showed up without your music folder, you would spend that rehearsal in the hallway. I mean, it was like, and this was like before we had cell phones too. So it wasn't like I could just go and be like, Hey mom, uh, I can't be in, you know, I can't be in practice. Can you come pick me up? It was like, no, I'm staying there in the hallway for an hour and a half till my mom gets back to pick me up. You know, you, you, your posture was straight. You had your music folder. You, you had a pencil, Number two pencil, so you could erase it at the end of the year and turn in the music. I mean, it was just very, very disciplined. And I remember literally first day of new expressions, getting in my seat, straight back, edge of the seat, got the music. We were we were learning that song from Free Willy, the Michael Jackson song from Free Willy. <laughs> And all of a sudden I see a paper airplane that somebody made with the sheet music fly by me. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to die. <laughs> <Like> I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, what is going on? And so for me, it, I was just, I remember having the conversation. It had nothing, I wasn't, I didn't even know in my mind, I didn't know that there was another option for freshmen. And gotcha. so, but, it, but that first semester was so hard for me. And I just, I didn't enjoy it. Cause again, like I like Miss Adrianson, the fact that, you know, you had folks that were so disrespectful that like, you know, yeah. she's she's crying and doesn't even feel safe in her own class that was miserable and and so i just told him i was like listen if i gotta wait till next year to be in another choir i'm fine with that but i can't be into expressions anymore oh wow <laughs> i was like i' you know i'm like i i don't even enjoy it i actually care about music you know you and you could tell for some people they were just taking it because it was an elective it was just another you know uh. It was just another uh, study hall. <laughs> what, do you, what exactly
0: uh, did the men's choir uh, club do? Like, when did you guys meet and stuff like? That? Did you guys just sing we, rehearsal oh.
2: stuff? No, you know, um, well, when we were at LC, they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the they had the club hour, yep. where like once every month or something like that, they gave us an extra. Like, you could join all these different clubs, and they had a sign up during lunch periods for a while. And yep. um and our friend James Choplin um knew like so so going back, I was just joking about the flexing part for you, John. But yeah, uh, so John dipped out uh new expressions after the first semester. Um uh, the second semester, him and I had miss long uh Miss Longstretch uh pre algebra. Press. I what well, however you want to, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Which, sorry. That's
1: where I, that's where that's I where really got to know Jason. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's actually like, we. I mean, we knew each other because of new expressions, but we actually became friends because of pre-algebra at, at yes. that okay. and, uh, But yeah, as far as what you were asking, uh, Men's Choir Club, it was um, every, uh, they just did a, qu- they did a club thing where like once a month, everybody got to meet up and do. they made all these very you know, clubs that just didn't exist and as like electives. Like I remember, that's where the Japanese club started. That yeah. ended up becoming the Japanese foreign language that they taught at the school. Oh, cool! Um, and Mr. Megashire was the one in charge of that too. Oh, like, I
0: remember
1: him. So. Yeah. And, and one of one of my uh, little known claims to fame is that I was the president of the Japanese anime club.
3: <laughs> <Please>. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: so, so,
3: but yeah.
2: Yeah, like uh, James Chaplin was uh, one of the guys that he like. He was uh, our freshman year. He was a senior. Yep. He was a captain of the football team. Literally, everybody who knew like you didn't know everybody who went to school there knew who James Chaplin was. Yep. didn't matter. And he wasn't like a star on the football team. He was just that likable of a guy. Sure. And he was just he was a really good guy. He still is in the FBI. Guy. So he <laughs> well, does he do that now? I know huh? that he was he I, I was gonna not He was in the secret service, you're right. Um, but he um yeah, like uh he came up to me and he was like, wait a minute, you're in New Expressions, right? And he didn't even know my name at the time. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm in New Expressions. He was like, sign up for this, sign up for Men's Choir Club, and I was like, All right, so like I signed up because he asked me to, and you know, and I yeah, I loved singing, still do, but like nice. it was my like it was that thing. It was that thing, and then he did that. And John even had a solo that freshman year for that uh, for men's choir. If I'm remembering correctly,
1: we did. We did uh, in the still of the night, didn't
2: we? Yep, in the still of the night for variety pops. Oh, cool. And, uh, we only we only performed once, and we uh, as a group. But we did that, and that was kind of that was kind of fun. And we did that uh, a couple more years. I. Th- Think, but I don't think we were. In ver- I don't think we ever did any other performances. That yeah, like I don't
1: remember doing it. any other variety pops performances except for that year.
0: Well, uh, our freshman year, uh, the musical was The Music Man, and our our high school or well, our yearbook. Wrong. What? The guys, oh, sorry, and uh, guys and dolls. guys and dolls. Apologize, apologies. Guys and dolls. Our freshman year was guys and dolls. Our yearbook claims that seventy people were in the cast. Were either of you guys in that cast for uh, guys what? and dolls?
1: yes
2: right on I what did you guys do i was the first person on stage i'm always happy about that oh nice curtain came up i was dressed uh as the street photographer for the opening sequence and i was the first i was literally dead center of the stage as that curtain came up as a freshman and i was like oh man i'm so cool I got I got center stage as soon as they yeah, opened on the lights and then like but I never had a speaking part I was just in the chorus besides that so
0: it worked hey, out and John who were you
1: I, I was just in the chorus okay uh, and and I loved it I mean it was just it was a super fun show again like and I know we're probably partial um, but you know having been a part of the performing arts there at LC and then been been in other community theater shows. We had some talented people, man, like just some really talented folks. And so, you know, I got I feel like we got spoiled, uh, you know, in some of the shows that we were able to be a part of at LC because, um, you know, it was it was a blast.
0: Nice. Well, let's move on to our sophomore year. John, that's where you and I started hanging out and spending more time together. We did two plays together that year uh, under Mr. Goodroom. Uh, Did you take drama class with Mr. Goodroom your sophomore year?
1: I did. It was one of the best things that I ever did. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was one of the best things I ever did. So when I uh, freshman year, I didn't participate in... um, I didn't I didn't I mean, honestly, I didn't really know anything about, you know, the drama club much at all um, or, or the drama department. Sophomore year, I'd, I'd known and I'd heard about Mr. Goodrum and I was more so part of why I even signed up for the class was I was totally intrigued by the fact that there was a stage in the classroom. Yep. And I always was jealous when I would like go with, walk with my friends and they'd go into that classroom like, wait, what's in there? Like it just seemed like a magical world, is yep. it So, um, so yeah, I started, you know, I started taking his class in, you know, I I'm sure that there's some folks that maybe just didn't connect with them well, um, but there are few teachers that I've had over my life that you know, and again, I didn't I, I didn't work with them at all my freshman year, um, but man, the impression, like literally. And, and Jason would appreciate this even just from, you know, attending, uh, the church that I preach at, but like the, the things that he spoke to me about in that class, I remember them when I'm preaching or when I'm, you know, preparing to communicate, uh, so much about even just improvisation and, Um, I mean, so, I mean, you guys know, it's like, if you work with him, you knew you were going to do some improvisation and that was a foundation of so much that he taught. Um, so yeah, that was, again, that was one of the shining, uh, shining moments of my high school career is being able to work with him.
0: For sure. Uh, literally I wouldn't, 24 years later, wouldn't still be trying to do any storytelling or, or acting or directing, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing any of that stuff if I had not taken his class, like being, being taught by him and, and, and watching him direct people. And yeah, like it, it is, it has had a lasting impression in my life as well. And like I said, with, without taking that, I probably wouldn't have any interest in, in film the way that I do now or storytelling the way I do or, or anything like that. So. And um, he was a character too, right? It's like, even if
1: I say it, you know, if somebody's listening to this podcast, we're not talking about like, he wasn't just like some like soft spoken teddy bear. This dude would like, I remember <laughs> him slamming his desk in the middle of somebody's performance and throwing a pin at yep. the stage.
0: <laughs> uh, during, during during rehearsals, there would be times oh, where man. like I'd be rehearsing a scene and he would literally like, like he's a, a little heavier set guy, yeah, but yeah, he could yeah. move quickly. And would just like grab my shoulders and like <laughs> shake me and move me where he wants. Like, this is how I want, like mold me, like, like play oh, like This man. is how I want you to be. Like he just, he had that presence and that like teachability factor to him that like, he just, he was very, very characteristic when he needed to be. A hundred percent. And you better not break character. No, like, not
1: at do all. Do not break character and do not be monotonous. He would be like vocal variety. Yup. Know? <laughs> oh my God,
0: I can hear those words. Yes, I
1: know, man. It yeah. Like, so, literally, uh, no, mean, I, I, I what I tell you, I hear him. That's speaking awesome. To me and critiquing me. Um, but yeah, so our
0: our sophomore year, the fall play, fall of uh, '95, we did uh, my sister Eileen. You and I spent a lot of time together in this play because we were both bra- Brazilian admirals. Uh, right before we started recording this, we were talking about the fact that we really don't remember any of our real lines because they were all in Spanish. Um, I, I don't know. I do know.
1: remember. I really I had one line in English. Oh, did you? Okay. I had one line in English because it was when I was, um, I remember I was so paranoid about it because it was when I was the construction worker at the end.
0: Oh, okay. And yeah, because you had, you right had uh... a. App- First man and construction worker were yes. also characters that you did, according to the, the playbill. Yes. So as the construction
1: worker, um I break through and I and I yell,
3: What the hell?
1: And I remember being so nervous that my parents were gonna bust my chops <laughs> for cussing. <laughs> I never told him. I didn't tell them anything until the show. And then, like afterwards, my dad was like. Uh, I noticed you didn't mention that you were going to drop that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: awesome.
0: Uh, I'm
1: glad to have a line that was in English.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then our winter play that year, February of 96, we did. I remember mama, uh, which uh, turned out to be Mr. Goodrum's. Uh, last directing job that he did at Lawrence Central because he fell ill during the production and Mr. Bridgewater had to come in and finish uh, the last couple weeks that we were uh, doing the play. So the sophomore year you got Mr. Bridgewater directing you and I remember mama and you also jumped up to central sound to start working with him. So Mr. Bridgewater had a, had a big influence on you your sophomore year. I bet.
1: A- absolutely. And, and throughout, you know, th- throughout my journey at, um, at LC, Mr. Bridgewater, um, you know, had a big impact on me. Um, you know, when, when I, whenever it's one of the reasons that I just love the performing arts is because, you know, apart from my parents, uh, and, you know, even in, in the influence of my relationship with God, when I think about the people that contributed to shaping me as a leader, as a father, as a creative, You know, the people that come to mind are the creative directors that I had throughout the years. It's the Mr. Goodrooms, it's the Mr. Bridgewater's, it's Henry Leck, it's Deborah Sante with the African Children's Choir, it's or Children's Theater, it's uh, Kathleen. You know, Um, and you know, I learned I learned a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about you know hard decisions and and you know wrestling with lots of different things. I mean, you know, Mr. Bridgewater. One of the things that I really appreciated um, and it wasn't just for me it was for a lot of people is you know he would see talent but he was really um, I could tell that he cared about me beyond what I could bring from a talent standpoint. He actually wanted me to succeed he wanted me to to develop character you know we had really hard discussions about grades you know um, you know when I was struggling or when I was slacking off, um, you know, we, we'd have some very frank convos um, in, in, in regards of, I, I even remember, I don't want to, you know, skip the gun, but even, you know, thinking about how to succeed in, in music without, or in, uh, in business without really trying, you know, him really challenging me of like, you know, you, you have this story arc of somebody who's barely getting by and, you know, who's kind of escalating but by doing the minimum requirement and kind of skating and not really developing along the way. And Mr. Bridgewater just kind of challenging me and connecting some dots with the character and saying, John, I don't want you to barely make it just because you're able to like fool people along the way. I actually want you, you know, to learn everything that you can. And, and, And so all that to say, he was definitely, definitely influential. And again, uh, brought, connected the dots for what I was passionate about from art in the beginning, was like nice. I wanted to be good, I wanted to compete, and man, he pushed us, um, and uh, I have lots of funny memories of particularly being in choir, where he didn't necessarily want to just single someone out that wasn't seeing the right part, or embarrass them, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, and to this day, I actually did this in uh, practice the other day. Whenever somebody was, like, under pitch, he would take his baton, he would go, uh, uh, get on top of the pitch. Like, it was just like, he would kind of give this thing, and you could tell you were slightly under. Uh, and he would sometimes go row by row, section by section, to try to give you the opportunity to sing the right note. Uh, and and some people made the adjustments,
0: some people didn't. But
1: uh, I, I really... I really enjoyed working with
2: him.
0: Very cool. So your sophomore year, you guys worked with him on the Music Man. Tell me about tell me about your characters in that, Jason.
2: Uh I was the conductor on the train at the very beginning of the show. Um, and then after that, I was just basically in the chorus, but I had a couple well, of lines at nice. the beginning of the show and the um, you know, again, one of those things where I um I enjoyed just being a part of experiencing all that kind of stuff, but it was kind of it was w- another one of those moments of like, oh dang, freshman year, I'm the first man on stage. And <laughs> sophomore year, I'm getting lines like right at the beginning of the show. I was like, <laughs> Oh man. And I made Central Sound for next year.
0: Oh come on. Oh okay, wait, wait. So hold on. So it, your sophomore year, you already knew that you were gonna be in Central Sound the next year. Uh yeah, you did Okay. you, you did um we did
2: tryouts, yep. and after tr- tr- he released the the cast list for the musicals on the same day that he also released, uh, like, what choir you made for the next year.
0: Oh, well then, so, okay, John, we need to jump back for a second real quick then. So I hear the story that you you quit New Expressions halfway through our freshman year, and then somehow at the end of our freshman year, they were still like, we're putting you in the best show choir that we have
1: so i quit new expression I, well i would say this i, transitioned. I promoted
2: i won't say quit <laughs> I, yeah i
1: transitioned from new expressions okay to sound connection oh okay i got you and and sound connection yeah you had upperclassmen so you had some seniors some juniors some sophomores and then you had some freshmen so okay uh, that that's actually where i met um alex Charette. nice um keith Hancock was there and 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 there were other um um you know other other freshmen that I met that were that were in sound connection.
0: Um Okay, so then, you you our freshman year you still second semester in sound connection were still able to show yourself off and then make it into Central Sound your sophomore year. Correct. Any other sophomores your sophomore year, or were you were you just that good? Um yeah, Alex Charette. Okay. And uh,
1: Keith Hancock were in it cool. as well that year. Um, I'm trying to think.
2: I think we were the three sophomores. I was going to say, I don't think there were any was, female sophomores in there.
1: No, because they, they they had so many senior yep. and junior yeah, they had a uh, ton. ladies that year. We had, so, you know, there's like, what, fit, there were 50 singer-dancers? Nope. Uh, it, was and,
2: and, it was 40, I thought. Was it 40, 40 singer-dancers?
1: Yep. 20, at least. <laughs> 20 were seniors. Um, so it was a major turnover the next year.
0: Gotcha. Um, right. John, who, John, who were you in the music, man? I was the tenor in the
1: barbershop quartet. Oh, cool. That's so awesome. It was super fun. It was also before my voice changed. So it was prime, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, prime time. But, uh, it, it was it was a blast. It was really, it was, really a blast.
2: The quartet, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Dan McKee, Eric Steele, you, and Matt Gibson. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Okay.
0: Nice. Oh. I, I I know Matt Gibson, so it's very cool to know he was a part of that. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I know that you were involved in – Oh, go ahead, Jason. Go, go, go.
2: I was going to say, and it's since we're going down memory lane and we're talking about all this fun stuff, yes. our sophomore year was the year that Central Sound went undefeated. And that was the year that like, like I'd say like halfway through our sophomore year, I finally decided there's no way they're going to keep me out of Central Sound next year. So it was like I definitely turned up the I I definitely took on a leadership role with uh, sound connection. And then I was pushing myself harder and, and trying to make sure that there was no way that they could tell me you can't be in that next year. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that was, and it was yeah. because of how awesome they were and because of like John and Bobby Knight and some other friends of ours that were uh, in there and they were like, Jason, you can do this, man. you like, you, you can be in here. And I think Matt, actually Matt Gibson was one of them too. Yeah. Like it was mainly the three of them that were kind of pushing me saying that I could be better and do it. And yeah. And that's how it ended up happening for me. So anyway, you were bringing-
0: well, no, well, going off on this tangent real quick. Cause I got another question that's, that's come up, but as most people know, a lot of my high school years are pretty fuzzy. My memory is not the greatest. I've, I've drank a lot of my memories away or gotten rid of them from my brains in various ways. So I don't, I know that I have been to various show choir competitions that, that you guys were a part of over the years. I don't remember which ones I've been to, but when, when like our sophomore year, Jason, when you were in uh, which one was it? You were in Sound Connection. Sound Connection. Did you guys compete at the same events as Central Sound? Like, did you guys both go and nope. were, uh, were you able to then support each other at those competitions, or were they completely separate things?
2: No, no, no. Like uh, for the most part, the only thing that we did that Central Sound kind of did, besides like performances for like all the regular like uh, spring concert and stuff like that, was the only thing that we did was they needed assistance with like the show choir competition that we um, hosted the central Central sound Sound classic. Classic. And so it was one of those moments where like, I, I assisted with that, but no other choir at that point in time was competing besides central sound. No, like never went to a competition. They didn't. Well,
1: sound connection, when I was in sound connection, maybe they, I don't, we went to. We had one competition when I was in Sound Connection.
2: Okay, we did not do that my year.
1: We okay. went. I'm trying to think where we went. Uh, Cause where wherever we went, we went to an amusement park afterwards, and I'm trying to remember oh, nice. if if it was in if we went to Kentucky Kingdom or if we went to Kings Island. I can't remember, but we went to one competition, and uh, and that was it. Um,
2: that you was know, the same. In our junior year, they did the same thing. Once I got into Central Sound, our junior year, they Central or Sound Connection and Sweet Sensations, the all-girl group, both of them went to Kings Island for a competition. Ah, yes. So that's that's
1: what happened when we went. I think that's what it was. It was Sound Connection, Sound Connection, and Sweet Sensations. And I think we went to Kings Island. So I don't know why they skipped the year. That's weird. but I just, just to piggyback on what he said about that year, that undefeated season, a, as a sophomore, it was one of the coolest things to be a part of. Um, and the first competition, my first competition with um, Central Sound, um, I'll never forget like the freshman, we were sitting near the back of the bus and we we're about to get off. And uh, Joe Crawford, Like, I don't know if you guys remember Joe, Joe Crawford was a bad man. Like it it was like, if I could be a black dude (laughs) like that, like, like he's just that dude, he was that dude. And uh, he came back to, to us and he goes, listen, I don't care who you think you are or who you thought you were before you showed up here. But when we get off this bus You are central sound. So get your junk together. Nice. (laughs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) okay, Joe. And dude, when I, when we stepped off and again, like, you know, they, this, the, that group, you know, there was three of us that were pretty raw, but for the most part, that group had done stuff together. They had been in shows together. And when we stepped off that bus, I've never experienced this because I, you know, I didn't play sports on that level, but we literally are walking through the hallways and people are like looking at us and whispering. It was like there was like a reputation
3: (laughs) about Central
1: Sound that I did (laughs) not get. And then once we got there, and then also like when we performed, it was like you got like superpowers. Like it was
3: crazy,
1: (laughs) it was insane. And then just to keep, you know being in these competitions we had one show um it was when we were in uh, it was in on alaska and literally between the first show and the finals miss bridgewater didn't like they didn't like something that we were doing and they completely changed choreography shifted like i mean it was crazy and we pulled it off in in one that year but uh, it was it was insane and it definitely set a tone for me um,
2: for the rest of of, of my time uh, there at, at at LC, nice you man. Like uh, that, might as well go down this rabbit hole for a second. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was one of those moments where I didn't get it. Like I didn't like John said, you don't get it because you've never been to a comp. And then you went to that comp- that first competition. It was like eye opening, and it was hilarious because when we were there central sound was at some point there was some kind of like national ranking and we were like fourth in the nation or something crazy that. and so the fact that like every time we performed at a competition like it was it, and it's so funny to think about it like in this manner but it's like it was literally like everybody paid attention there was no like like other com- like other choirs could be performing and people are joking and having fun and being silly yeah. there with their fellow people dude whenever we were on stage everybody was just dialed in everybody in the entire auditorium I'm not it, it was it's such a weird thing to think about like this is a show choir like it's not it's not the NFL it's not the NBA like Yeah it- but
1: it's like people that haven't been like you, I mean we know this and this is this is a general it's just a, it's a, there's always labels and tensions that you deal with when you're talking about like sports versus performing arts. There's like the jocks, and then there, you know, people can assume the arts aren't competitive. But if you've been in it, and especially that's why I want, that's why I love show choir, because it wasn't just let's just sing kumbaya for our parents <laughs> or let's not just sing some song in Latin for the Christmas, for the, for the spring concert. It was like, no, we're going out here to compete. And I love the competition aspect of it, but it was intense and you were timed and you had to be precise and, and literally you're getting scored on whether or not your arms are straight, uh, you know, when you're doing choreography or whether you're out of breath when you sing. Uh, so, so I, I absolutely loved it. What was weird to me though, was, and it was, it was weird. It was fun. Is like, it was intense. Like. We get in these like finals, or you know, some especially where I remember it most was our um, our junior and senior year. That some of these competitions that we went to, particularly one was Bishop Lures. Parents would like I got flicked off by a parent, bro, at Lures. Oh wow! <laughs> like it was like people were really wilding out at these
0: competitions. Sometimes <laughs> wow. All right. Well, the one last thing I want to address real quick with our sophomore year. John, do you remember what song you sang at Variety Pops our sophomore year? You and Dante Murray? Oh, of course. Well, can you of perform course. it for us real quick? Do you still remember the words?
1: Oh, I, I remember the words. I don't know, know if we need a re- reiteration here, but the two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on sesame seed bun, uh, in variation scat. <laughs> so you guys that. literally I don't I don't remember this, but you guys literally oh. sang that to oh. the to the crowd. Well, it was off of there was a commercial, McDonald's commercial, the Algerot had done. Okay. Uh, and, and he, you know, is a famous jazz vocalist. And so, uh, and I forget who was doing it uh, opposite of him. I almost want to say there's a part of me that wants to say it was, is uh, Ella Fitzgerald, but it, I, I don't believe it was, but he basically, they had this back and forth. And so during one of our competitions, we were just goofing off and, and doing it. And nice. then we just thought, I think when the audition came up, we we're like, "Oh, you know, it's, let's maybe do it." You know, and it would be fun. And uh, and so, according to our and- yearbook, it was a huge it was hit. It, it was fun. I mean, it, it helped us that it was a popular commercial, so sure. everybody knew it. Uh, so it, it had that factor to it, and uh, it, it was also before the uh, kale and health craze, so everybody probably sure. got some McDonald's afterwards.
2: Uh, Vesta Williams. Is who is
0: Vesta Williams? What, what yeah. do I know her from?
2: Uh, I don't, I've never heard of her name, but yeah, I'm sure okay. she is very popular and yes. a very famous person. So gotcha. But yeah, that's who was singing it along with uh, Al Jarreau.
0: Gotcha. So. Cool, cool. Well, let's slide into our junior year where, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, Mr. Goodham retired after our sophomore year because of his health issues. And Shane doesn't do well with change, so Shane just kind of decided he didn't want to be a part of any performing arts anymore, and he'd rather go off and try to be popular and do sports and stupid stuff like that. So I said deuces to the theater department, so the next two years we're going to talk about is going to be a lot about you guys. Um, You guys were still in the Men's Choir Club your junior year, and our friend who's been on this show a couple of times, Chris Meek. Uh, I think it was a freshman that year when you guys yeah. were juniors. Uh, he joined the choir club with you, uh, and Jason, as you said earlier, you made it up to Central Sound your junior year and stayed there your senior year. So, what 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 Central Sound memories and stuff do you guys have from your junior year?
2: Oh man, uh, that was the year that we would have. Um, I, um, like like I was talking about, we were talking about earlier with like your first competition in a in a performing arts thing our first competition that year was finley uh finley fest over in ohio um and uh yeah like and i you know here i am in central sound for the first time and i had no clue what i was a part of essentially and then finley first edition is literally like the ohio version of central sound at that point in time and so I didn't realize that when we walked into their house, like they were doing the whispering about, like it, it was the same kind of things where like we were getting hate and uh whispers and nasty things done or, or said to us more so than done to us. But like, it was, it was like, what the heck's going on? Like, why well, is it getting,
0: there getting a vibe? Like, bring it on type vibe. Oh, totally,
2: totally. totally.
0: Okay. Yes. Uh, so for, to remind me and for anybody who doesn't know how many songs were in a were in a show by a show choir.
1: Didn't typically really
0: four. Okay. Yeah.
1: Like you would do two, two up tempo, one ballad, and then your big finale. Um
2: was, and, it, was, and it had to be what was it, 20 minutes, wasn't it? Wasn't that the whole scope from setup to tear down? Yeah. Like literally,
1: you would be you'd have your your risers, everything on the side. And as soon as they say your time starts, literally you're being timed from the moment you step on that stage to the moment to the last person that walks off the stage. And then you get deductions for anything you got off. So, I mean, that's where it's like, as soon as we are finished, we do our bows, we're taking apart risers, you know, we're rushing off. Uh, When we did, um, what song was it? Dr. Jazz? um i remember oh no no no! it wasn't dr jazz it was uh oh which one was oh yeah that was it's one like, uh, <laughs> i still remember the, the footsteps for it nice when we were at lures we're rushing off and and i've got taps on and we're rushing off with risers and i slip and fall like slip underneath the riser and it falls on my chest. My adrenaline was pumping so much. I just tossed, (laughs) tossed it up, hopped up and kept going. Oh, wow. I was like, dude, I I was so, we were so jacked, but, but yeah, it's like, you know, you get time. So it was, it was definitely intense.
0: So let me ask you this in, in, in your two years that you guys were together or John, and I doubt this, it sounds like it wouldn't have happened in your undefeated year. So in your, you guys' two years together, was there ever a performance or moment where somebody did something that literally cost you the entire show? Like you said, you're telling me about arms being straight and like, like, okay. So there was no moment where like somebody did one terrible thing that cost you the whole show or anything. No, I wouldn't say that.
1: I mean, not to say that nobody ever made a little bit of a mistake, but I would say, I mean, and, and this isn't to be arrogant, but particularly when, when you started – when you're talking about the the choirs, and 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 I would say – I'll put this caveat. My sophomore year and our junior year were very different than okay. our senior year in terms of the choir. And a okay. lot of that had to do with the carryover of – it was a combination of carryover of tradition, you know – Some of it, quite frankly, uh, was there was some entitlement. You know, we talked about how it was a little bit taboo when I was in it. Sure. To have sophomores in Central Sound. Well, we had a wave in our junior year of freshmen that were in it, and really, namely, legacy freshmen. So, like Jimmy Pikes, Justin
3: Bridgewater,
1: so. Uh And then you had a lot of that. There was a lot of freshmen that came from fall Creek Valley and, but that cut that were then the sophomores, our senior year. So all that to say is most of the time we're talking about fractions of a point between first runner up and grand champion and and that whole thing. And um, I mean, everybody's working their butts off. You know, I would say, I would say when When it was our senior year, the hard thing there was we it wasn't that anybody was like trying, you know, nobody tries to make mistakes. I just think I don't think we were as collectively as good of a choir as we were the prior years where it was like our junior year. If we lost the competition, quite frankly, it was a coin toss. I think we lost one. There was one competition that we weren't grand champion in our, our junior year. So it was like. Sophomore year, we were undefeated. Junior year, we won uh, – I want to say we won four and lost and were first, first runner up for one. Is that right, Jason? I think so. It was,
2: guys, we either you, went three and one or four and one. I want
1: to say we were first runner up at, at uh, Highlands, Invitational and Anderson.
2: That's what it was, yeah. Um, do, you, we do you feel like you should have
1: won it? I, don't know. I I I. I
2: our fr- uh, sorry, sorry. It's weird the stuff that sticks in your head, right? Yep. So, uh, junior year we were runner up at Sock Prairie. That's and what then, it was. And then our Sauk senior Prairie. year we went two and two, and kind of like what you were saying, because from our sophomore to junior year we lost twenty uh, seniors. Seniors.
3: seniors.
2: From our junior year to our senior year we lost another twenty. Mm so then but then a lot of the instead of like it being a mix of like junior sophomores and a couple of freshmen it was we had, like he said we had a very youthful wave essentially that came. i mean in. you
1: i think you had the picture oh. of our of the seniors from central sound shane i think you showed oh, it to yeah me earlier yep. i mean it wasn't like there was what was there 10 of
2: us maybe maybe 12. yeah 12 or 14 or something. Yeah. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't
1: a lot of us that year, you know? Yeah. Um, And so we lost a lot of, you know, elder statesmen and, 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 and again, I still enjoyed it, but it was definitely a different, it was, it was a different culture, you know, it, it, it wasn't, you didn't, Um, I would say my sophomore year by the third competition, I was going to be shocked if we lost. And okay. Not because I was amazing. I mean, I felt like I felt like Adam Morrison on those Kobe Shaq Lakers teams where you're like, <laughs> I'm getting a ring, but I'm on the bench. I'm not like, you know, and I, and I was in there. I was performing. Sure. And I'm like, I'm just glad
2: to be in the room right now.
1: Nice. <laughs> um, But, you know, it's like our our junior year. I mean, we did. We had. I mean, we, we had some great people, you know, nice. in our senior year. You know, I mean, again, you're talking about, yeah, I mean, just just super, super talented. And, and we liked each other. Like, nice. I would say sophomore year was fun. It was fun to be undefeated. But junior year was probably the year that I just enjoyed being a part of that group uh, right in a special way. You know, Matt Gibson, it, he, that was his senior year. Matt was really a really, really close friend. It still is a great friend of mine. So that was his last year before he graduated. So being able to, I would say that was the year that all of most of my, you know, what I would say were my best friends in high school, where we were all in Central Sound together.
0: That's awesome. Uh, So our junior year, Kathleen Clark Corrigan or Kathleen Clark or whatever she was when she came to L.C., (laughs) took over the drama department. Uh, And like I said, I did not do any more plays, but she did enter laughing and dinner at eight that year. John, were you I know Jason didn't start uh, drama till his senior year. John, did you do either of those plays? I did not. I
1: did not. And it was uh, it it was kind of similar to you, man. Um, I again, it was like it was one of the wildest things just to think that, you know, somebody would leave such an impression in one year. Um, but when Mr. Goodrum, you know, retired, uh, I, I took it pretty hard. Um, and and I was just skeptical as well. You know, I was like, who is this new person coming in? What's going
0: on? See, and I mean I'm I mean I can kind of tell this story. Like I, I was a dick. My first day of my junior year, I literally walked into the into the drama room. I knew that it wasn't going to be Mr. Goodrum. I had no idea who the teacher was going to be, but I was like, I'm going to go introduce myself. I'm going to make sure she knows who I am. uh, So that like when the plays come around, like she knows, like, because the last play that I did when we did, uh, I remember mama, like I had fourth billing for the men. And so like I was the only freshman that was in both the, the uh, fall and winter plays my freshman year. So I had done all four plays up to that. I'd gotten myself up to fourth billing on the men's side. So I was like, I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to make sure she knows who I am. Right. And Kathleen didn't give two shits about who I was. She was literally like, meh, you're just another, you know, drama student to me. Like, oh, you decided you didn't want to take my drama class. Good luck getting in the play. And I was like, I don't like this lady. I'm not going to I'm not even going to try out. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, she has forgiven me for being a raging dick of a junior in high school. And I I think Kathleen and I have a great relationship now, but uh, yeah, I was kind of a dick when I, when I first walked in there. Uh, Yeah. So that's pretty much why I quit drama was because I was arrogant and egotistical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, yeah. And I would say, uh, I, I, I was
1: never, I was never like, I was never, I didn't have any beef with with Kathleen at all. Um, it was for me, it was more of just like it just felt even just thinking about it kind of makes me feel a little bit emotional. I just yeah. remember the first time going into that room when he wasn't there and just feeling Do like you remember this. all the Oscars right. that he had
0: all yeah. over the taped onto the wall, like oh, yeah. walking in there and not seeing those anymore, like seeing just, all of them gone.
1: It felt it just felt
0: so weird. And I think there was a part of me.
1: The, I think the thing that helped me with Kathleen is I had a friend of mine because she she came to LC, her, the school she was at before LC was Decatur, okay. uh, Decatur Central, and I had a friend of mine that um, that went there that knew Kathleen, uh, and so she had reached out to me and she said, "Hey, my old drama teacher is come coming to LC." That was actually the first time I realized that Mr. Goodrum wasn't coming back. Oh wow um and so i was like okay well at least i know a little bit about her so the way that i engaged because i didn't participate in the plays the way i engaged that soft that junior year is she brought when she came is when she started introducing the thespian society yep and so i had said you know what let me try this out and um and I mean, it didn't take me long to just fall in love with Kathleen. Good. Um, I, I really, you know, there was probably, you know, there's probably a little bit of that in junior year where I probably had a little teacher crush. Uh, but <laughs> but part of it was honestly like she, I could tell like she was really, um, she was her, you know, she, she was authentically herself. She wasn't Mr. Goodrum. She wasn't trying to be Mr. Goodrum. Sure. Um, but she was also like, um, you know, and I, I don't mean to say this in any way to knock him, but she was in her own way, kind of adding and bringing something to that drama community at LC that wasn't there before.
0: I can definitely um, see that.
1: And so, um, so, so I appreciate that. I did not get involved in any of the plays that year, but, but being a part of the Thespian Society, I went um to one of the thespian competitions awesome uh which was really cool experience and and then senior year was in a couple productions
0: but awesome well the last thing our saw our junior year the musical was hello dolly jason who were you in that
2: just a chorus guy uh there weren't there's not very many um there there's not a whole lot of guy part that that there's not a whole lot of star parts in that musical. It's a lot of chorus. Okay. Uh, so, so John, I if I'm remembering correctly, you did you have any lines in that one? I did not. And and to yeah. be honest with you, it's so
1: funny because when I think about high school, the high school musicals, that one feels the most. I remember. I don't know what whether it was like the show season. But for whatever reason, that show for me felt the most like a blur hmm. and and that I just it wasn't and it's not an I mean, uh, was it Nicolemer show had the lead um, yep. in that one? Not a knock on her at all. She did a fit. I mean, she, she's a great talent. And as soon as they were as soon as they announced what we were doing the show, I was just like, you know, she's probably the most. I don't know if there was maybe uh, a more fitting candidate to play a Barbara Streisand character than Nicole. Just she just had a personality and a presence about her For that sure. was great. Um, but that being in that show, the uh, out of out of Guys and Dolls, you know, Music Man, and of course our senior year, How to Succeed, um, it was the one that I that just didn't stick with me as much.
2: Right on i also don't care for it like it's fine as a musical uh but i as far as like there's not a whole lot of memorable things about the show for the most part i mean it's just kind of like a it's kind of, it's a matchmaking it's a it's a show about matchmaking and it just it's just kind of it's fine but like i don't find it timeless like the other three that we did by any stretch so
0: right on Well, we can move on to our senior year now. We'll go off on a slight tangent because despite me not doing any productions that year, John and I (laughs) still spent a lot of time together in a sort of, well, in a competitive way. Uh, We did a government law class together and we ended up winning uh, our government law competition for the state of Indiana. So we ended up getting put into AP economics together uh, the second half of our senior year, yep. which was just a ruse for us to have more time to study for our government <laughs> law competition <laughs> when we went to Washington DC uh, to to compete uh, representing the state of Indiana. So I got a cool picture. Uh, proving that we were friends in high school of you and I next to each other uh, when we were celebrating uh, at the at the state competition when we won first place. Yeah. so, That was a lot of fun. Do you have any, we talked very briefly, do you have any memories of of us doing that together? So a hundred percent. And, and
1: again, it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, every year you have something that stands out to you. um, And easily, I mean, honestly, not just even senior year, but one of the coolest things, coolest experiences of my high school career was competing in that. We, the people competition. Again, I love competition. I like, being of i liked being evaluated and growing and seeing how we could tweak things and and as a aspiring communicator at that time and also somebody who was interested in politics and government
3: mm-hmm. um
1: it was fun you know it's like we had you know remember we had those like layers of competition you know we would compete with the classes the different periods yep. and then yep. we we had the regional and then we had the state and each time you know, I, I had
0: completely forgotten about that. Uh, Mr. Horvath had at the state level had multiple classes. Yeah, that were all competing, and we beat out all of our own like classmates that were so, at L-
1: LC with us. Well, we had before we went to state, we had regionals. Okay. Regionals had multiple class periods.
0: Okay, that's what it was. When there we went go. to
1: state, we were the. It only was just ones. we were okay. Yeah, and I remember that because remember state was that Butler. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember the feeling of like when, and it was so, what's so funny about that class is you had, and, and it, it was honestly one of the beautiful things about LC to me during that time. I think LC's changed a lot, even just how things are zoned over there different, Sure, but you really had like, you had slices of every socioeconomic ethnic, yep. like, I mean, you had, uh, and just to speak in broad terms, it's like you had you know, the rich guys, kids, you had the kids that lived, you know, off of Pendleton Pike. You had the kids that lived off the trailer park. You had the, you know, the crew, black, white, Hispanic over in like Devington Plaza area, (laughs) you know, that it was like, why aren't we going to Arlington? But we're not. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you, you, you had all this mix. And so in that class, you had people that outside of that class, we would never hang. Nope, you got jocks, you know, the valedictorians. Yep. and yet, uh, we're winning a state championship together. We're like all sure. five at each other. It was just so, it was so wild. That, and that then,
0: picture of us celebrating is exactly what you're talking about, just yes. like fun to look at and see. All like looking at it, I'm like, man, like. I didn't really like this person but we were on a team together so i i I had fun hanging out with them when we were doing this oh yeah and and, and then when we going to nationals that was crazy amazing
1: that, that disappointing
0: was, but amazing
1: yeah. it was uh, disappointing because because honestly we had a great I mean I remember uh I mean we we missed the finals by a fraction by just you know, was two, points. two points, Yeah, two
0: points. We were in 11th place by two points.
1: Yeah. And uh, it really came down to a couple teams where not everybody talked.
0: Yep. That, and,
1: 100%. And um, because if we would have made it to finals, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, there's a, cause you know how you got graded by units. There's a couple of yep. our units that totally would have won. Uh, there were, and, there
0: were six units. So quick explanation of it. There was yeah. six units. Uh, you had groups of four on each unit uh all four of the people had to talk during the competition the first it was a 3 day competition the first two days you added your points together the top 10 teams there was one representative from each state so there was 50 teams there all competing uh after the two days they added your scores together from those two days and the top 10 got to move on to compete on the third day uh and all the scores were erased it was one day competition whatever your score was the that's how they ranked 1 through 10 to win uh, after the two days when they added up the scores we were in 11th place by two points
1: yeah and, and I, for where I was a little extra salty is our unit because we had unit six I was on mm-hmm. unit six and our individual because our team didn't qualify for the finals our unit didn't qualify to win kind of the the upper awards yeah but our unit actually beat all of the unit sixes that went to the finals. And I was nice. like,
0: oh. dude, that. You yeah. But, but I want to say honestly, I was on unit four and like yeah. we had, I'm pretty sure I had Courtney Mills on my unit and she just, she carried our team because she was insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we had, it, it, but honestly, again, it was like,
1: there was a, you know, there was all kinds of people. I think you and I, there was a certain level of comfort, you know, in communicating because of our background in theater. Sure. Um But you I had, like to you talk. Know, Right, you know, every everybody had had their strength, but that the disappointment aside, it was amazing an unreal experience. experience. We we I remember thinking because we it was the same weekend as prom, so we prom. all had to decide to miss out
0: on our senior prom yep. to go. I've never once regretted it. Never I mean, once. I agree, one hundred percent. Amazing. And like we kind of got a prom like that yeah. Saturday night that we were in DC. They had a big like with people ball. from all
1: over the of all over yeah. the nation. You know, yeah.
0: Many of those uh, that
1: were all girls schools. That was an interesting dynamic. But that was kind of a very guess. interesting
0: <laughs> dynamic. I forgot about that until you just brought that up. But I do remember the all girls school. Yeah. But yeah, so we had our, our, our little faux prom while we were in D.C. And that was just it was a blast because it was, you know, 23 people that I'd spent the whole year hanging out with. And none of us had prom dates. So we were just all kind of there as, as a collective. And it was it was a good time. All right, let's get back. Let's 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 focus back on actual dramatic stuff that happened our senior year. Uh, you guys were. Uh, oh, what is this? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. So let me let me bring let me bring everything down real quick. Uh, as I've been going through all the yearbooks and everything. uh Somebody that lived like five houses down from me in my neighborhood, Uh, his name was Peter Boone. Uh, I know both of you guys knew him while we were in high school. Uh, Last December, December of 2020, he actually ended up passing away due to complications from COVID. He had a lot of other health issues going on as well, but definitely getting COVID did not help him in any way. So he uh, did a lot of photography for the yearbook and a lot of John's photos our junior and senior year that ended up in the yearbook has the caption photo by Peter Boone. So I kind of had that reminder this week, like going through all this stuff and looking at stuff in his name. Like the first time it popped up, I was just like, Oh, Peter took this picture. Oh, and, and Peter's not with us anymore. So like, I just want to give a shout out to Peter because while Peter and I didn't end the last couple of years of, of stuff on the best terms, like it's, it's one of my big regrets that I never like buried the hatchet with him because I held on to some stuff pretty much from high school and never got over it. And I should have been a more adult about it. So I uh, just wanted to say that it was bittersweet to see his name pop up multiple times this week and then get that reminder that, you know, he, he wasn't the, the bad dude that I kind of made him out to be that after high school and stuff. So just wanted to, just wanted to shout out to Peter. And then, And get some stuff off of my chest about that. So, all right. You guys are in Central Sound your senior year. Our friend, who we've already mentioned once on this show, Chris Meek, joined you. Was this Chris's first year He wasn't one of those freshmen, right? He just came in as a sophomore. Right. Cool. Uh, So uh, what ended up up going on with Central Sound uh, our senior year? You've kind of touched on it a little bit, so I don't know if there's anything else you guys really had to say about our senior year. Said you went two and two, not not the most competitive you guys were,
2: yeah. Um, we we had a what was that? Uh, oh geez, I know we, I oh, I can't remember what we won now. Well,
1: we won. We won. I, I, we won, we won Lures.
2: No, we, didn't win, we Lures. didn't win Lures that year. No, that was the year we came in like second round.
1: Was it? Greenfield or where was that first?
2: Shelbyville 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 we lo- we won Shelbyville we lost lures we lost um Anderson Highland yeah and we won um Michigan Lake Prairie or something like that like uh uh no not Lake Prairie it was uh Lakeview Lakeview, Lakeview. up in Michigan um so yeah that was that was um yeah we went two and two there was a lot of stuff that was going on turmoil wise with a lot of the stuff uh, like family stuff that ended up yeah. costing a lot of um, focus, costing a lot of um, time that ended up just kind of pulling away. And like he said, like um, the maturity level of some of the people that were in there just wasn't up to snuff. for, you know, like our junior our sophomore and sophomore and junior year. The upperclassmen definitely held everybody in check, whereas like our senior year, we were trying to hold them in check, but we were very much outnumbered uh, by the underclassmen by that point, and it and it we just it, it you just couldn't get a hold of it properly. And, and it
1: I, you know, now being being forty two and having a soon to be fifteen year old, um. My son now, Isaiah, he's a freshman, which makes me feel really old and crazy. (laughs) Um, But when I think about the things that I am currently navigating through and processing um, and then thinking about where Mr. Bridgewater was at that time um, and navigating just through um, a lot of just challenges with Justin, with his son, uh, who... Uh, I actually love Justin and, um, you know, and my heart really broke for him because I know he was battling uh, a lot of different things, battling and struggling with, um, uh, with some bipolar things that were going on, some chemical things, some, you know, uh, lots of challenges. And then, you know, Mick, you know, trying to lead a whole department lead his family, you know, take care fire. of his son. I mean, it, it was, it was a lot, man. And, um, and I think, you know, to be it for me, there was layers to it because, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of a natural thing where you think like you pay your dues and then like, you know, from a solo or, or different roles thing, it's like, okay, your senior year, now you get, you know, X, Y, Z solo, or you get X, Y, Z role. And, and I think that at least initially, um, you know, there was some challenge, you know, it it felt tough at times where you're like, you know, this dude gets this solo, this guy gets this solo, you know, some of the solos I even had uh, in senior year wasn't necessarily because I was supposed to have the solo, but it was because Justin, because of some of the things he was going through, wasn't able to participate in that competition, so I needed to fill in. Wow. Um, and so, um, and and so, there was that complicated layer of even I think for me, learning, um, you know, as a as a teenager, uh, how to be mature, <laughs> like how, how to, you know, feel for my friend, and at the same time be honest about my own emotions and disappointment at the same time, be ready, like be ready to take whatever opportunity was there. I was honestly super nervous even about going into the musical, um, because I was like really hoping to get the lead. Um, and, and, but I was like, literally, I remember going, looking at cast list, bracing myself, um, you know, to see somebody else's name up there. And, um, you know, um, and and it, it, that's not new to anybody. I mean, anybody that's ever auditioned for something, you know that there's that butterfly feeling, and you're inevitably there's always celebrating in tears, like with any cast list. Um, but I just remember that particular um, moment, and and I would say there's one moment that really stuck out to me: um, Dan McKay and um, John Anderson who I just had lunch with last week uh, uh, we would typically get to get circle up and pray together before competitions. Nice. And um, this one particular competition um, we were getting, everybody was kind of getting ready and we went to the side to pray. And, um, and this was one of the competitions that Justin wasn't, he wasn't at, he wasn't going to be there. And so we were praying for Justin Uh, and, and just praying, you know, for his healing mentally, physically. And I think Mr. Bridgewater, uh, I think probably at first he was frustrated because he was trying to figure out where everybody was and they were trying to get everybody together. And so we finish, and we look up and I see Mr. Bridgewater and he's like right there. And he's like, Hey guys, um, you know, he was coming to gather us. Um, but he had like tears in his eyes, (laughs) And he had heard us praying for his son. Nice. And, um, and I just remember like, I think it was in that moment where even though I didn't have a clue what it felt like to be a dad, I do now, but I could, I think that's when it went from just like, man, you know, Justin, his son, you know, is it to where it was like, no, this is a dad that is like hurting. Like he is here at this competition but he also was feeling like, man, I just I want my son to be happy and healthy and full. Like, I, I just realized the human level of stuff that he was going through. And, and, and again, it just gave me that much more respect uh, for him as a leader and just the weight that he carried.
0: So, Jason, uh, our junior year or sorry, sorry, our senior year, you ended up joining the drama department. What what led to that?
2: Uh, to be completely honest, uh The only reason I even got into drama for the most part was because of John and some of our other friends, like um, Holly Sanders, Amanda Govert. um, They were all talking about joining the Thespian Society. Oh, cool. um, Kathleen started that our junior, like, she, like, she planted the seeds our junior year, but you had to apply at the end of our junior year to be one for our senior year, I think is how it played out. And, um, so our, uh, so I ended up like doing all the paperwork because I'd seen enough plays and been a part of enough things, um, that, uh, I ended up, uh, joining the thespian society through that. And like, as we had our thespian, like initiation ceremony or whatever and like as soon as that was over she turned to me and was like when are you join which which of my drama classes are you taking next year and i couldn't because like john oh. i was a uh i took a whole lot of liberties with time and effort and our senior year like the only class i could fail and still pass with core 40 Would have been choir. Oh, literally, I messed around way too much our three first years that when I went to my guidance counselor at the end of my junior year, and I was like, I because at that point, core 40 was like the only way you were getting into college.
3: Yeah,
2: so is how they sold it, essentially. And so I went and I was like, hey, if I'm going to go to college, what do I need to do? And they were like, you have to do all of this. And I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I can do all that, but right. so, like, my, my, our, the first semester of our senior year, the only, I could have flunked two classes. It was stagecraft and choir. Um, but everything else I had to pass. And then our second semester, the only class I could fail was choir because I couldn't take the second semester of stagecraft. Oh, so, wow. um, but yeah, because I messed around way too much. And um, yeah. Didn't have any uh, accountability besides, like uh, like John pointed out, Mr. Bridgewater, who basically came to me at one point and said, Jason, you're messing up too much. Fix it or you won't be in Central Sound anymore. And I ah. literally uh, had to take that to heart because that was my favorite thing that I did as, like, as a student. I mean, besides having all the friends and doing all the fun stuff that we did but as like a student like that was the thing that mattered the most to me so like the fact that he was like if you don't get this together you're gone yeah, i was okay. like oh crap like he's serious too like mr b did not play when it came to stuff like that and he didn't he didn't really say anything and but once he did like i paid attention so um yeah so that was the whole reason I got into drama was because nice. uh, the thespian and I told her what I, why I couldn't be in her classes the next year. And then she was like, well, then you need to at least audition for the place.
0: All right. So the fall play was father of the bride. You auditioned. What'd you get? I, did. Uh,
2: I was the florist.
0: Oh, well, okay. John, who were you in father of the bride? Um, I don't even remember father of the bride. I don't think Uh-oh. I was,
1: I don't know if I was in father of the bride. Did it, okay. say, did the did the yearbook say I was?
2: i don't Uh, think i I, don't think
1: i was in i don't think i was in father of the bride
2: i thought you were but i can't swear to it like maybe uh,
1: i'd have to look at the i i for some reason i remember chris being in it
2: chris was Um, he was the he was the 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 handsome man buying uh marrying the woman
1: but i don't remember personally being in it i do
0: um, oh, yeah, uh, there it appears that you were getting assaulted on like you were on a table being assaulted. Or is that
2: that might be black comedy.
0: I, yeah, I think that I might think be black comedy. comedy right? Okay, yeah,
2: yeah, so, okay. yeah. yeah I don't
1: think I was in Father of the Bride because my senior year in the fall outside of um outside of actually doing mute uh central sound i did something um i I played rugby oh uh so i was actually on the rugby team yeah
0: nice
1: yeah so that's also i actually i would go from central sound stuff um leave and put on my rugby gear and then go uh go compete um with, with those guys.
0: So, our fall senior year, you were in Central Sound, played rugby, and had to study for our government law competition. Yeah, yeah man.
1: Senior year was crazy. Bro. Senior, year, senior year was nuts. All Bro. right. So...
0: I would definitely,
2: like, if this was one of those moments where, like, if you knew now what you knew then, uh, it would totally be one of those moments for me where I'd be like, don't slack off so much your freshman, sophomore, junior year, so you can have a little bit easier time your senior year. Because I screwed off too much, had to make it all up at the end, and it did not, like, it worked out for me just fine, but I wish I would have been able, like, my brother Dave technically could have graduated, like, after his first semester is senior year. High school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause he had enough credits and like, oh my and I know other people who had that when we were there. So yeah. like, um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those moments where it's like, I, don't screw off so much, like just, just, and it wasn't like, I, I tried to explain this to somebody once. They said, high school is the easiest thing you will ever do in your adult life. Like as far as because you're made to go Mm -hmm. get chewed out for the most part by somebody whether it's a teacher whether it's your parents somebody's going to chew you out if you screw off too much for the most part there are people who probably still skate by and don't do anything and then get away with it but somebody most of the time is going to yell at you and it's it's like but like after high school you literally can do nothing with your life and nobody's gonna care for the most part so like, like it's the easiest thing because you get made to go. And then they were like, well, no, it's not. And it's like, okay, yes. When you're 17 or 18 and hearing these words, especially when you're a senior in high school, you're not going to go. You're right. It's going to be so much harder for the rest of my life. Cause well you couldn't,
1: you couldn't tell us anything in high school. It's oh, just no. when I think about like, even just the, it, it didn't even take me long, maybe like two, three years after we graduated going back. And it was like, high schoolers just seem like so little. And, but when we were there, you, we thought we should have been on the real world. Like Mm -hmm. we, we felt like we were adults and this is all there is. Like I think of some of the drama and (laughs) relational stuff that we were in, like, it was like, we were, we were all adults. And this is like, there's nothing bigger than this moment. And you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, that was the, du- I just needed somebody to slap me upside the head and be like, <laughs> in five years, you're never going to see this person again. <laughs> this does not matter at all. Like it it, it was just wild, but I, I was just going to jump back to something that Jason said What's up? again. It goes back to like, if it weren't for, I mean, honestly, if it weren't for, Kathleen, and for Mick, um, like, really holding us accountable and, and challenging us, like, the only reason that, I'm just being honest, the only reason that I gave any rip about anything academically wasn't because I had these grand aspirations of college. I really, I didn't want to go to college, frankly, uh, you know, I, I didn't have much expectation in that direction. Um, it was because I wanted to participate in, in in the productions. I mean, that was that was my community, um, Central Sound, uh, the drama department. Um, that that was where my friends were. You know that that was so much of of that, and so it was kind of like for me doing having the all nighter, falling asleep while I'm typing or paper <laughs> studying. That was the, the work to be able to keep hanging out with the people that I wanted to be with and participate in things that I wanted to be with. And, and, you know, I know for some people, depending on what their drive is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, But for me, again, I mean, it was those conversations in Mick Bridgewater's office, like Jason just said, where he's like, listen, if you don't get this up, you're not, you're not going to be in this production where I was like, all right, I better get some Mountain Dew and, or, or actually, I want to be hanging out at uh, Steak, Steak and Shake, get some Surge in my
3: <laughs> bloodstream.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh. so, wow, I forgot about Surge. Yeah. All right, so uh, do you have memories, either of you, of Black Comedy, the winter play your senior year?
2: So that was the first thespian play okay. that Kathleen did, and it pissed off so many people. because
3: because, I can believe that
2: (laughs) so many freshmen and sophomores were like really annoyed at the fact that they couldn't be in the play because of the fact that they weren't thespians, but we were only thespians for only a year. Like you, like you only had initiation once. So literally a few sophomores who were juniors our senior year and mostly seniors. So and, and, but I mean, kudos to Kathleen for sticking to her guns. Cause I know she, she, she ticked off some people that had some real talent and who like literally said, because she did what she did with the thespian play, that she, they weren't going, they wouldn't participate anymore. And you're talking That's about freshmen sophomores some juniors who were like no i'm not doing it so she she had her growing pains our junior year and and probably a couple of years after that trying to implement everything she wanted to implement sure. and uh but yeah like black comedy man like it was um uh, john can talk about it more but i i only had a bit part i was on stage for like 30 seconds maybe um but it was right near the end of the play um it it was kind of cool because our senior year we got to host the thespian conference for the state oh nice uh, and we were one of like four i think it was like four shows that actually got to be put on for all the thespians uh from the state when we had that conference and so it was kind of and so we got to do it and it, it was a lot of fun for me and uh john and i had some interesting in uh Interesting stories, if anybody ever wants to hear them, about the shirt design and what happened with that um, afterwards. But, uh, yeah. So, John, please speak of black comedy.
0: Well, let me, let me ask you this real quick, John. So, yeah. I mean, when I was the, the four plays that I did, it was always a big deal for the seniors at the winter play because that was their last production, the right. last thing they ever did how how emotionally invested were you how, did, how how what were your emotions like being that your last play that you were going were you the lead i was i was one of the principal roles cool. um
1: so i would say this what was interesting is um black comedy was actually the um you know it was the only one cuz i didn't do any um Our junior year, I didn't really do much of anything Mm -hmm. uh, from a drama standpoint. I I participated in the Thespian Club, um, but I wasn't doing a lot uh, production-wise. So a a little bit of backstory, and it it has to do with a lot with perspective. Um, You know, things back then were a little bit different than they are now in terms of even just as much familiarity and engagement with the LGBT community and whatnot, and even just perspectives. And, and I remember, um, I had made a comment one day in drama class or in one drama setting, uh, in, in the spring and in the fall that year. And, it was it wasn't a malicious comment, but it was definitely lacking perspective and graciousness. I'll say I'll put it that way. And I had made it right when Miss Kathleen was getting ready, was walking in the room. And she said to me, I'll never forget this, because when I saw the cast list in the spring or, or later on, it reminded me of this. She said, John. I would be really careful the way that you talk about different people and their experiences, because you never know when you might have to walk in their shoes. Um, and so I was making a comment about a guy who's kind of navigate, you know, trying to figure himself out. I'll just put it that way. So I don't know anything about black comedy. Definitely isn't about black people. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, and, and it's actually a fascinating concept, uh, the, way, the way the musical is, because the whole, the, the majority of the musical is taking place during a blackout. So you're watching people who can't see. They, they can't see each other. They can't, they're fumbling around. So you're watching them in the dark navigating. Uh, and then you know the lights come up, and then that's the whole spin at the end in terms of figuring things out. And then it's also this kind of dark comedy, so it's it, it plays itself out. I had the role of the gay store owner. Nice, and uh, and I remember when I got the role, what was important to me, and because again I had this voice in the back of my head, was I did not want to play a caricature. I did not want to just come up with this stereotypical flamboyant caricature of what I thought a gay British guy would be like. And, um, at the time I was working, uh, uh I work on the side at, um, Pacific Sunwear at circle center mall. Oh. And, uh, actually, no, no, no. During this time I was working at, I did work there at one point, but at this time I was working at the Warner brothers studio story with circle center mall. Oh. And my manager um, uh, was a gay guy and super gracious guy. His name's Tom. Actually, ran into him at Just Judy's three years ago. I uh, Hadn't seen him in like <laughs> a long time. I was like Tom. He's like John. Uh, but, um, but I actually got a lot of inspiration for that character by just watching him. And and I was like, I want to do this role well. And I and you know when you're playing for high schoolers you know, stereotypical, you know, things will get a quick laugh. And, and, and that was probably the first role that I was in from a dramatic standpoint where I, you know, even Goodrum would talk about this. He was like, you're not playing for the laugh, play, like try to be authentic in the moment and it'll be funny. Like people will laugh because just real life is funny. And uh, and so I tried to do that. And so it was a challenge. I actually ended up loving the role, had a blast playing uh, in, in that production. It was a ton of fun. Uh, and I got to design the shirt. So that was also
0: fun, too. Nice.
2: All what right. Was cool about, Go ahead, what yeah. was cool about Black comedy was, as he pointed out, at the very beginning of the show, the whole auditorium's dark. There's no there's no light on stage whatsoever. And you're just hearing the dialogue from multiple people, and they're just having a good time and living in London and in this flat at this artist's studio. And then uh, what ends up happening is there's a power outage. But when the power outage happens, is when the light floods the stage. And so everybody who couldn't see can now see, and everybody who could see can't see. So. <laughs>
0: I remember I remember going to the show and, and being really impressed with it because I had I'd never heard of it or seen it before. Uh, and I remember going and having a really good time. I, I haven't seen it since, but I, I do remember laughing a lot and having a good time with the show.
2: They, um, they built a trap door in LC's stage because we didn't have a trap door. And the whole purpose of my character is to show up at the very end and walk right in the store. like And, and like I had to make it look like I wasn't seeing it Sure. I also had to be, and yeah. So like that. How far was, did you fall? It was it was like a six or seven foot drop, man. Like it was. Wow. They had to. They put the uh, tumbling mats at the bottom, Makes and I, and I literally just had to walk, and and just just take a step right in. And I I I remember one time, <laughs> the freaking. So the door frame was actually like, like long ways. Sure. Uh, or width wise for me when I was stepping into that hole, and when I did that, like I remember one of them, like I mean, it must have been like Ooh. mere inches from me smashing my head when I walked in that first night, too. Like, I was like, Oh, I can't do that again because, like, if I make contact, I can't do this. Plane. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're gonna put a whole lot of makeup on me, like with a goose egg on my forehead, but uh, yeah, so. Sorry, Shane, go ahead.
0: Uh, No, you're good. I was about to say, uh, if you've been with us for the last hour, and you've been wondering what's going on behind Jason as his background, we are now finally to that point. Jason, (laughs) please tell everybody what's going on behind you.
2: Groundhog. So... (laughs) So uh, behind me, uh, you're seeing John and I, our senior year in high school, our musical that year, this was our final, uh, a lot of the people that were in Black Comedy were in Central Sound. So where you were talking about the perspective of all these people like, oh, my last performance, my last whatever, that didn't really resonate with us because we knew we were going to be hitting the musical like right after us. Yeah. So um, we all, like the musical was that for me anyway, for sure. Like, I want to say out of the people that were in Blank Comedy, I think there was only like two who were not in Central Sound. And um, and so it was it was definitely a different perspective and something that um, this show right behind me, though, is how to succeed in business without really trying um, J. Pierpont Finch is Mr. John Owens, and then myself, I got to be J. B. Bigley, uh, who is like the CEO of what is it, Wickets? Yeah, it's, it's, I forget what it is, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, a it, it, uh, blast of a show. The song behind us that we're performing is called Groundhog, and it's uh, it's J. Pierpont Finch's attempt at like bonding with his the CEO of this company so that he can eventually move up the corporate ladder as quickly as possible. So yes.
0: So John, were you the lead? I don't know the musical story. Were you the I lead was, I, I was I
1: was the lead. It was um definitely one of the top experiences I had in high school. It was super fun. And um it you know again I think what you know, what makes all those moments special is just the people you get to do it with. Uh, it was a super fun role. It actually, I think it helped me at least prove to myself, you know, cause I'd been in supporting roles. It was like the idea of actually being able to have the lead. Um, I was able to, again, just push myself and prove, you know what? I can't, I think I can do this. I can, I can lead, you know, be in a lead role, but, but what made it so cool was you know, I get to do that. You know, that performance with Jason. I get to do a song with him. I get to do a song with Jolene um, Smith, who's now Jolene Hermler. I mean, Jolene was. I mean, she still is. I, I I haven't heard her sing recently, but her voice is phenomenal. Uh, and 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 on top of her voice, she's one of the best people you could ever meet. <laughs> so you know, we just had great people getting to chris meek you know was in that and just had a fun role you know Margot montgomery um again was just there was so many different fun kate layers nash. to that kate nash i mean and, and again there were so many like so many fun memorable moments like uh songs like a secretary Is not a toy like like
2: it, it was just super super fun um Keith Hancock, like he, yeah, the whole the whole cast was just so much fun to be. Right? And and that
1: was one. And I th- I think in some ways that's one. It's part of the contrast between that and My Fair Lady, is when I think of My Fair Lady, um, I typically always think of Barbara Streisand. I don't you mean think Hello of Dolly. Me, I'm sorry, Hello Dolly. Sorry, not My Fair Lady. Sorry. Uh, not Eliza Doolittle. Uh, when 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 Hello Dolly. When I think of Hello Dolly, I think of Barbara Streisand. And I think of that character. I, I couldn't tell you a name of another character necessarily in that musical because it's just seems like it's all about her and all about that piece. When I think about uh, Music Man or when I think about Guys and Dolls or when I think about How to Succeed and, and in All all cards, I had never heard of How to Succeed until they announced that they were going to do it. And when I looked... Um, I'm not, I know this might be sacrilegious to some people. I'm not a huge Matthew Broderick fan. Um, I like the original version that I saw, the older version of it that I'd seen, uh, and just the journey of it connected on a real human level. Um, almost this, like this dreamer that has great aspirations and is finding ways to charm his way up, but struggling with, uh, imposter syndrome along the way. Um, uh, I definitely have related to that at different phases uh, in life, but just again, getting to do it with people that I I couldn't thought of a better way to wrap up kind of that phase from a performance standpoint in in high school than than with that group of people.
0: Very nice. All right. So if we're going to move on past high school, I have to we, we all know who Matthew McConaughey is and who Renee Zellweger is, but a lot of people don't know that they were in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 together as one of their first roles. So much, much like you have gone on to have an amazing uh, career uh, with, with your church and everything, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know the back in 2000, you were in a little horror movie that some friends of yours made yeah. called Consternate. Uh, anybody uh, that's listening to this that has seen it before uh, during the party sequence in the third act, there is a dance-off between Mr. John Owens and our friend Lee Vidal. Do you have any memories from being from being at filming that night? I absolutely have memories from being at filming that night.
1: and And I also have to... Th- this is a sad admission i've never actually seen the full movie
2: well you can go on youtube and find <laughs> the gemini films youtube page the entire film uh, is on there on sunday i'm gonna pass you the dvd
3: uh, there we go
2: the <laughs> electors <laughs> edition dvd
3: there you, oh, there you go
1: baby but yes i totally remember it awesome uh, i, I to- totally remember it and, and again it was just it was fun you know what I, I was before we. I jumped totally into day, I was actually going to mention one of yeah of a very poignant memory that I have in our senior year is riding in the car with you and listening to all about the Benjamins.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just surprised. I was waiting for you to say that I played Mariah Carey nonstop or something. No. Well, all I About the Benjamins, okay.
2: Phone. I thought he yeah. was good as the Bone. Bone
0: dogs and had Harmony, had I played a lot of that, too.
1: too. But, you know, just think, like, or even, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, like, our senior year when we went to Denny's and got them to let us order from the senior menu. Senior menu, menu. yes. Uh, I it was on that senior Denny's skip day. day.
0: Yes. yes, yes, it was.
1: <laughs> um, but that's awesome. I had I totally forgotten about that. <laughs> and so I think it was funny because, like, Again, um, what was cool about Consternate, you know, it's like we were we were out of high school and and so it was a neat moment to kind of like hang out with that crew, you know, again, Um, uh, Jason has a picture from it was like, I, I forget what I forget what we're what event while we were all hanging out together but you know the picture we're hanging out in your backyard jason and it's like carrie bias and chris meek and lee
2: and i think holly's in it um that was my graduation party yes nice. yes yeah yeah it was my brother but, but house. Yep. uh
1: but i just remember just like you know when we did that uh filming of consternate it was just cool because it was like man we kind of get the band back together again and get to hang out and of sure. course I want to say what year was that? Two thousand? Yep. Or two?
2: Yeah. Yep. I think ninety nine and two thousand. Right? Was it ninety nine that we were filming?
0: No, we started writing it in <laughs> September of ninety nine. We did like, casting in February of two thousand. We started shooting in May of two thousand, and then we were shooting up until like two days before we premiered the movie. And when was the premiere? December nineteenth of two thousand.
1: Yeah, because because what I was going to say is, um. I had already moved to Nashville. Oh, okay. And I came back in town um, to do some of that filming. Yep. Um, partly, I remembered um, I remember some of the time, because if you guys remember, uh, during one of the nights that we were filming, um, the Pacers were playing the Lakers in the okay. NBA Finals in 2000.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so around. I
1: remember like in whatever basement, you know, of where yep. we were filming, my parents they had house. that on. Yeah. Yep. They 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 had the game on. Uh and so just kind of getting glimpses <laughs> of Austin Crozier shooting threes between between
0: the I'm, scenes, I'm now having memories of, of the filming breakdowns that were going on that yeah. night, where we were <laughs> like, "Oh, hey, everybody, just go downstairs and hang out in the basement." Yep, yep. These <laughs> other scenes. Oh, hey, everybody, come back upstairs from the basement. We need you now. Like, I had forgotten that was kind of a, a cluster that night. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, got yeah, a lot better knew, at producing. Them. I yeah i I did eventually get much better at producing films than than on that one. I l- I learned a lot. I learned a lot of what not to do while producing Consternate. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, th- I think we learned a lot of what not to do in our teens and twenties. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So uh, that summer, I think was also summer of 2000 was the same when the big river happened at footlight. Were you a part of big river? Um, so I was
1: where I was in big river was at Anderson.
0: Oh okay. Um, oh
1: okay. So I did Big River in Anderson. Um, it was my yeah. It was my sophomore year there. Um, right on. And uh, and it was it was a uh, it was a blast. It was one of one of my favorite uh, roles as well um, to to play Big Jim in that. And and it was mm. a, a a lot of fun.
0: Uh, Between uh, Footlight and Theater on the Square, uh, did you do very many productions of those? So growing up, so I I, honestly, Footlight um,
1: sparked much of my creative journey in organized performing arts. When I was eight and a half or eight years old, we had just moved uh, into the neighborhood uh, at at Heron Morton off of 21st and Delaware, which was, um, you know, Footlight was at six. Uh, not not 16th, 19th in oh. uh, Alabama. And uh, we heard they had a summer kids theater program uh, camp for nice. three weeks. And uh, so I remember my mom had a stroller with uh, one of my younger brothers um, or two of my younger brothers, actually. And Peter, Mary, and I, we were little and she took us up there And uh participated in in there a a lady by the name, she's passed away since, but Jean Combs. Uh, she was running that. And um the first production that we did was a parody, it was a Star Wars parody that was written by uh, Scott Robinson, uh who's you know been very active in the uh community theater realm in Indianapolis. Um, and, uh, and she was the one that actually heard me sing for the first time and was like, Hey, you should audition for the Indianapolis children's choir. Nice. Um, and so we, you know, footlight was in my backyard and loved participating in stuff in Jesus Christ, superstar. And uh, you know, uh, music man, I did music man three different times, uh, there, uh, there at, uh, footlight. And so love footlight was in Romeo and Juliet at theater on the square, um, was in, uh, I think one other show other than that at theater on the square. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got, uh, I've, it was also not far from where I lived um, being downtown. Um, And so I had a lot of fun memory, fond memories of interacting and, and
0: growing up around a lot of that. So we've been talking for almost an hour and a half now, and we are finally going to get to the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about tonight. The thing (laughs) that made me go, I want John on this show to talk to me because I saw a Facebook post two or three weeks ago where you said after a 16-year hiatus of no productions, you were brought back into the theater world. And when I saw that, I I mean, I know Jason and I's families are both going next Saturday night. Uh, I knew that I had to go see you uh, in a production of The Little Mermaid. I I want you to talk extensively now about how that happened, what brought you out of retirement, and how awesome it's been because I see that a lot of your family members are also involved. Yeah, so man. please tell me, tell tell us a story about how this happened.
1: For sure. Well, um, so the quick, again, talking about Footlight, from when I was eight and a half and doing Footlight until... Uh, Up until, you know, 2000, when I moved to Nashville, I was in at least two and in some years, four productions a year um, between musical theater and straight plays. And I adored it. Um, Again, I just love the arts, love performing arts Um, and couldn't, you know, there's nothing i enjoyed more than that moving to nashville i moved to nashville to pursue music with a band and so you know we were trying to tour trying to do the whole rock star thing move to nashville blah, blah 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 um and and i didn't do any um plays or musicals while i was in nashville i did however join an improv comedy troupe called uh one hand clapping uh the director artistic director of that ended up Uh, transitioning and going to be an instructor at Second City in Chicago. So it was a very, very cool experience. And and, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, But I started getting involved in church uh, as a creative director there. And so most of my, I still had a creative outlet, but it wasn't doing the musicals that I was doing before. It was more worship leading, doing different dramatic things um, for conferences and whatnot. When I moved to Tallahassee, in year one of marriage, no kids. I was uh, I went back to school uh, to finish uh, to get an AA at Tallahassee Community College, and um, I auditioned just to show support for one of our students that was at the church. I auditioned for Little Shop of Horrors and uh, got the role of Mr. Mushnick, um, and that was the last musical. That I have been in, or that I had been in, um, uh, and that was before we'd had any kids, uh, and I just had it. Just the time factor, just didn't have time. You know, I was went from being a student. I was a student full time, working full time, then started having babies, then moving, and all that stuff. And uh, then a funny thing happened a few years ago. Um, about in, uh, it was about four years ago now. Uh, my son Isaiah. He was 11 and he was in Mary Poppins at Grace uh, Grace Church in Noblesville. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but they put on phenomenal productions um, and they have done some pretty amazing shows. They, they've done uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Mary Poppins was their last one before that was Beauty and the Beast, before that was Les Mis. And honestly, in In the City, Outside of touring Broadway shows, to me, they put on as good of community theater productions as, as just about anybody out there. Um, just the sets, the, the cast, the orchestra. It's just phenomenal. So my son was a Mary Poppins. Uh, it's been really cool. They've gotten involved with uh, community theater for youth called CGFAA Creative Grounds Fine Arts. It's down in uh, Greenwood. Seeing them grow, uh, Isaiah was in one there, or a couple there, then Aaron, uh, and then my eight-year-old, he had been chomping at the bit. So what it came down to was this, before COVID, or right around going before all that, Grace was talking about doing Music Man. And for me, it was like, I would love to do a musical, but it's like everything has to align to make it work, because the schedule is just so chaotic um and so I would always think you know if I was going to do a musical it would need to be one that I had some familiarity with it would be one that you know I'm like you know what I know pretty much it backwards and forwards and so this would have been my fifth time being in Music Man um you know I I was a kid in a kid's production I was Harold in a teen production I was you know, in the quartet. And I was, you know, uh, also in a, in a larger production with it. So it had been my fifth time. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to audition for it. My boys will be, you know, uh, they'll be, you know, in the boys band. And I was even campaigning to be, you know, I was like, I know how they normally cast Harold, but you know what I'm campaigning, campaigning for a body positive, thick Harold, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, they ended up changing it last minute. they're like, no, we're actually doing Little Mermaid.
2: I wonder if they couldn't get the rights because of Music Man being back on Broadway or like what was going to.
1: You know what? I'm not sure what was ultimately the deciding factor. I do know that sometimes when it comes to the deciding elements, uh it, you know, some of it is like familiarity. You know, it's like, who can you get the cast for? Who can. You know, what will people come out for? You know, Disney shows. Typically, a lot of people will come. You'll sell more tickets sometimes, depending on that, because of the familiarity. Yep. Um, uh, which, hey, I, I don't have any beef with, but I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and uh, I was like, Little Mermaid. I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> but my boys were auditioning. My sister was auditioning. And, you know, it just felt like this was, you know, again, I hadn't done a show in 16 years. The idea of being able to do a show with three of my boys and my sister was just something that I thought, you know, I got to at least just try and see what happens. And then I also found out that, you know, I got to listen to the music and I would say the moment where I decided, okay, I'm going to try to go for this. Uh, it was actually, I was listening to the soundtrack and, you know, I think most people that would be watching this, you guys know the story of little mermaid, you know, you have this for her, it's a coming of age thing, but for, for Triton, there's this layer of learning. He had this line, he had, and I sing this line at the end of the song uh, of the production where he says, you know, um, if only she could stay and never say goodbye. If only I could make time stop, believe me, I would try. But fathers have to learn that daughters have to grow. And if you truly love them, you will let them go. So here I'm listening to this. And for those who don't know, uh, in 2011, I had a little girl who also had red hair, uh, like Ariel, who was named Aria, Um, who passed away when she was six months old. And so much of my journey has been learning how to celebrate the time that I had with her, but also release her to the Lord through my grief process. And so I'm listening to this part of the song that King Triton singing and my son, Isaiah is sitting next to me in the car and it just hit me, man. And I just started just crying. And, uh, and I just thought, you know what, what a cool way again, uh, just to have a connection, even process and, and tap into this story of loss and grief and love. And, um, I saw King Triton in a way that I'd never seen it before. I mean, you got a guy who's essentially, he's going through the grief process of losing his wife. Uh, he's raising seven daughters on his own while trying to process his own grief and re- wrestling with, uh, in, a, in some ways, um, placing weight on his youngest daughter to fill a void that his wife can't anymore and, and wrestling with the process of, of learning uh, that he can't control everything and that it's okay to not be in control. And so, you know, throughout this musical, for those that watch, you guys are gonna come see it. You know, his trident, the way I'm playing it is I really see his trident as almost being like his his security blanket. It's his power, it's his sense of control. And he's learning, and I and I hope to portray this in the way that I act it out, is learning how to not how to be okay with not being in control.
0: That's very awesome, man. All right. So as you said, you're playing King Triton. You have a whole lot of family in this who will go give us, give us the rundown of all your family members and who they're playing. Yeah. My sister,
1: uh, Ray, she, she goes by Ray. Um, mama calls her Mary, but she goes by Ray. So I'll call her Ray. Uh, she is an amazing Sebastian. She's Sebastian. She was originally going out for the role of Ursula, especially because Ursula and Triton in the Broadway musical are siblings. So she thought that would be fun, Um, but honestly at the audition, man, she just nailed Sebastian. Um, it was, it was amazing. So, um, so yeah, so she, she is the role of Sebastian, my son, Isaiah, he is flounder and gosh, he is just killing it. Um, Uh, he, he is, he is nailing it. He's playing it in a way like that I've never even thought of of flounder where it's almost like, I would say I, I, Follow me on this. But Flounder's kind of like the eponine of Little Mermaid, where, you know, okay. he really wants, he has a crush on Ariel, but then realizes that she doesn't really, okay. really like Eric. And, you know, he's like, has this realization that, you know what, if I can't. If, if you want to be with him, I want you to be with him. And if I can't nice. have you, then, you know, I'll release. So it, it's it's really cool. And then uh, Aaron and Judah, who are uh, my sons right after them, my 11, my 12-year-old and my 9-year-old, uh, they're in the kids' chorus and they play awesome. uh, a frog and a turtle. Uh, nice. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I got to tell you guys, the, the cast is fantastic. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of understudies. Um, there are two different Erics, but they're actually identical twins. Oh, uh, nice. So it's kind of interesting. And the aerials are both phenomenal. Um it, it, they're just incredible. Anya and Kana, uh, both their voices are fantastic, and both of them have
0: very different takes on the role. Oh, cool. uh, and,
1: and it's it's really cool.
0: Uh speaking of your oldest son Isaiah, uh, I think it's really cool that he has obviously gotten a creative bug from you. Cause I've seen the videos you've posted of his stop motion animation stuff that he's been yeah. making to promote the little mermaid. And let me tell you, please tell him that his work he's been doing is already better than any of the first <laughs> couple of things. Jason and I made when we had our production hey. company.
1: Well, Hey, I got to tell you, I was actually thinking about that. You, the, the other thing they got technology available. Like right? here, th- this, this is something that'll mess with your head. He's never lived in a world where there wasn't an iPhone. Wow. He's never lived So like even just, you know, when I was looking at, cause he did that stop motion, stop motion video. And I was yes. thinking of a video that I had to make for an environmental science class at LC using the editing equipment and camera stuff at, at the at library. LC, yep. And it was so tedious. And it was so laborious well, on this mm-hmm. on these analog machines. Yep. You know, that had we had, I could take my iPhone now and within four hours put together a much better production oh, yeah. than we did then with multiple days and all that. And so but at the same time. You got to put in the work, you know, especially for stop motion. I mean, his oh, that, sure. uh, little mermaid stop motion he did is over a thousand stills, you know, wow. in that. And it's it's like not even three minutes, but over a thousand stills of just moving and tweaking. So he, he loves it. He wants to be a director. Nice. Uh, he loves to write. And, and he's on, he's got a YouTube channel. It's called Amazing Films. Uh, I will have he, to look into that. Uh, you guys, uh, he's got a lot of his stop motions. He does a lot of, uh, star Wars, uh, awesome. star Wars. He actually had, um, one of his, uh, star Wars stop motion was featured on a star Wars podcast called really Death watch.
3: That's uh, awesome. I gave him
1: a sh- shout out on there. So, so yeah, so he, he definitely has the creative bug and at 14, um, you know, I know it's my son and everything. So, but, but that's okay. I can be a dad, but uh, at 14 to see his, you know, I think it's all of our desires that, you know, our kids, the next generation that they're able to go further than we did.
0: And it's, and, it's actually and, funny that you say that because Jason and I, I've been kicking around a few ideas, trying to get Jason's interest peaked and whatnot, but Jason's got a bunch of kids. I have a stepdaughter. Zach's got kids now. We have a we have a lot of friends with kids, and I think I'm over my. I've got to do R-rated, terrible stuff. Where like I really, I really want us to try to start producing content again using our kids, like writing it for kids, doing doing stuff where our kids can be creative, whether Mm -hmm. whether they're putting in the input or or just acting or whatever but like that sounds like something i would love to get your son involved in if we ever actually like kick this up into full gear like like i have a a a small concept story that i'm i'm putting together to to pitch to jason that i would love to film this summer with a bunch of these kids that we have now and so like i I will definitely be running that by you to see if you think your son would be interested in being a part of it
1: yeah, it's it's so cool to see. Um, I would say the first time, the first time I was really like, you know, Isaiah, because because I was in creative stuff and I was a creative director as my job, like my occupation. Yeah. Um, I didn't want any of my kids to feel weird pressure about that being the thing they did as well. Like, I sure. didn't want him to feel like, oh, well, your dad does this, so you must be into this. So in some ways, I I, I didn't push it at all. Like, we got him into piano lessons. He mainly did, like, rec sports. Um, and then Mary Poppins was his first production. And then his second show he did, he auditioned for Peter Pan. And I'm thinking, I mean, he's never been, you know, his second show, sure. he's 11. You know, maybe he can just be a lost boy, you know, let him be a raccoon or something. <laughs> and, and he got the role of Peter Pan. That's amazing. I was like shocked. Um, like I, I remember when we, he had the callbacks and he told me, and I was thinking, you know, maybe they let him read for, you know, for John or like, again. And he was like, dad, it was weird. He's like, the, he goes, and just totally unassuming. And he's such a great, got a good head on shoulders. He was like, dad, They just had me keep reading for Peter the whole time. And I got so scared. I'm like, there's no way he can do this. (laughs) Like he'd have to sing a whole song by himself. Like he's never, and he nailed it. I remember sitting there watching like, oh my gosh, that's like my kid and he's he's doing the thing. And I think that that is one of those over the years, uh, probably honestly, when I, in in my early, my mid twenties, is when I think there was a shift for me of feeling the drive to want to be on stage, to want to help other young people in the same way that Nick Bridgewater and Henry Leck and Deborah Sante helped me, but like help young people through the arts discover who they are and find their confidence and grow. And now having been around long enough that my son is one of these teenagers that I get to help has been like, it, it, and that again, it's like when I'm on stage. Um, I don't know how many shows I'll do again. I haven't done one in 16 years. Mm-hmm. I think it won't be another 16 years. I tell you that much. I'm having too much fun. Nice, but and and this isn't a knock against anyone I've ever shared a stage with. Sharing a stage with my son there's nothing better. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, and, and I, I look down the row and I see my three boys and then I see my son who's all like, there's a, there's a scene in the show where my son, my sister and I just the three of us are in this scene. And every time we walk off the stage together, I just think, I don't know if I'll ever get to do something as personally meaningful as this, um, you know, in, in that way. So I'm super stoked about it. It's going to be great. We're getting into tech week. So it's going to be, we're going to be busting our tails, uh, you know, to get this show, um, to the point where we are we're excited about everybody seeing it, but it's, it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to you guys seeing it. I'm excited, Um, man. Next Saturday. A lot of shows. And I got to tell you, it is, um, you know, it's, You're going to get way more than a $15 ticket. I'll tell you that much. Nice. You you can't see a movie really for 15 bucks. No. Uh, And the level of of production that people are going to get, it's just going to be fantastic.
0: That is great, man. I am so excited. Um, But before we let you go, we got one last thing we got to do. I know when we were talking beforehand, you said you weren't really... You weren't really excited about answering all these because you didn't really know your answers. But uh, we do what's called the Horowitz Questionnaire when we have somebody on for the first time. It's technically your second time. Uh, You did the Jason Talks episode that I did not get to be a part of. Um, But so that was a blast having you on for there. I'm very glad you and I got to chat on this one. So I'm going to make you do the Horowitz Questionnaire. Again, we do the condensed version of it. It's only 10 out of the 17 questions. Jason, take it away with question one.
2: What is the first film you ever remember seeing?
1: American
0: Tell. Oh, good one. All right. Five hey, Old Mouskowitz.
3: Cool. Nice. Oh,
0: yeah. All right. Question yeah. number two. What is your favorite film of all
1: time? This one is the, hard, <laughs> is the hardest one. And, and I would say I go back and forth because um, there's lots of different ones. But I would say two that stay pretty high for me. Uh, and they're completely different films. Uh, one is Shawshank Redemption. Good. Uh, and then also The Sandlot. The Sandlot oh, nice. is just, I, I, I could watch that time and time and time again. It was one of my most
2: favorite childhood movies to watch. I love it. What's your favorite line in a film?
1: Favorite line in a film. And again, lots of great lines, but one that I absolutely love. And I just love the delivery of it. Uh, was Denzel Washington in Man on Fire. I think I said this last time I was on here as well, but there's a a point where he, you know, he's entrusted to watch this little girl and she's kidnapped and he's sitting across the mother's grieving, crying, sitting on a bed. And he's sitting across from her and she looks up at him and she goes, well, what are you going to do? And he says, well, what I do best, I'm going to kill them anyone that was involved, anybody who profited, anybody who opens their eyes at me. <laughs> and the the resolve in the just cold delivery of that, I mean, it just pierced your soul. And again, if you've watched Man on Fire, you know that's exactly what he did yep. for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so that just lied. I just, the delivery of it, it just it just stuck with me, man.
0: Nice. What film made you realize that film is an art? Um, I had two with this one as well,
1: and and this kind of also says to when I was in high school. Um, but Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann version, yes, okay, uh, with Leo. Yep. Uh, that was just I probably listened to that soundtrack a million times. Uh, the, the the take on it, like, again, you know, if you had like a, t- a stereotypical picture of what you thought Shakespeare looked like in your brain, it pretty much completely screwed with that, like, it, you know, every, every aspect of it. Funny, um, funny
0: note about that movie real quick. The Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Love Roller Coaster is not available to listen to anywhere in the world except the YouTube video of their music video. Like it's not on a CD, it's not on an album, it's not on Apple Music, it's not on Google Music, you can't, like, it's not on the soundtrack actually Like, you can only listen to that song if you YouTube search it to listen to it, the Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Love Roller Coaster
1: That's wild, man
0: uh, What uh, was your second one? Jason's gonna look uh, it up, but he, I, I literally uh, just had this conversation a month ago
1: The second one was was, and it wasn't even, it was Blair Witch Project Oh, great film. And and I actually watched it at Castleton Arts. um, And and I remember thinking like, what amazed me is like, it didn't have a budget. Like it didn't have a big budget. It was like so so stripped bare, but it completely, you know, as viral as things were at that time, it hit the nation by storm. And what was so crazy is you were so engulfed in it Mm -hmm. that, uh, and I don't know who did this. I mean, I don't know if it was a national thing or just somebody had the idea at Cast and Arts. But when we walked out on the garbage can was a bundle of sticks wrapped in a in a plaid shirt. And we, the whole crew of us screamed and ran out. I mean, to this day, my, we took my brother Ephraim when he was way too little to be in there. And he had nightmares for weeks. We felt oh, wow. it so bad. But yeah, so I, Blair Witch Project. Nice. I didn't Jason, watch the nice. sequel either.
2: Funny side note about that. Uh, th- those sticks were the fact that they had to be u- or remade multiple times. Because whenever we did put it there, every co- every like four to five shows, the bundle of sticks would get stolen oh, from wow. people exiting the theater. They, you know, were
0: you working there at that time?
2: I was. Oh wow! They they
0: also they also made the little stick people and hung them from the tree that was right there when you came out the exit doors.
2: Yeah, when you went out the exit, it was
0: super creepy. Yeah. Uh, Question five, Jason.
2: What movie do you consider your guilty pleasure?
0: The
1: Kill Bill series, or pretty much anything by Quentin Tarantino.
0: (laughs) Now, see, I can't really call those guilty pleasures because I don't, I don't know anybody that would say those are bad movies.
1: Well, what I would say is like.
0: I mean, I don't like Kill Bill 2. I like Kill Bill 1. It's
1: bad, but what I would say is the. And maybe some of it is also like the amount of blood (laughs) and intensity. Like, it's. I mean, mind you, he's going to tell some story. There's going to be layers of storytelling, Mm -hmm. but at least for a pastor. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's it's for not sure. necessarily one that I'm going to promote and say hey go check this movie
0: out. <laughs> Understandable. All right, man, so what is your who is your favorite actor or actress of all time?
1: Um uh, that one is so that's super hard. Um but I I I didn't I didn't go with actress. I went with two actors that okay. I just really like. Um Daniel Day-Lewis Oh sure. Um his um the way he just his chameleon like ability to make you forget that he's Daniel Day-Lewis like and just that he is whoever he's playing. Uh and then and I know some people think this other guy I'm going to say plays the same role but Denzel, man. Uh I I just I just really like him. I like his you know, it's kind of like he's one of those guys that I want to see Denzel when I go to a Denzel movie. Um, And, uh, and I, I think I appreciate, like I've listened to a couple different talks that he's done on discipline and the way that he approaches his craft and what he does. And you can just tell there's such an intentionality and a, a, a work ethic behind, like behind the craft of, Acting that he his, really does take seriously.
0: His inside the actor studio is one of the is one of the best ones they ever did. Yes. like it is it is phenomenal to listen to him and James Lipton talk about like you said the craft of how he gets into roles and things like that. Like yeah, he his inside the actor studio is great to listen to.
2: Yep, Jason, who is your favorite director of all time?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with for today. I'm going to go with Steven Spielberg.
0: Nothing um, wrong with that
1: answer. There's just so many classics. And honestly, it's like the range. Uh, it, it it amazed me when I was like, oh, he just did West Side Story. I don't know if you guys have seen that. The newer mm-hmm. version of it. It's so good. Is it? It's good? so good. It's so good. And it's like, I know this could sound blasphemous. It's better than the first. Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. And, and, and the way, and I would say particularly what makes it better is, you know, we've grown, we've grown as, as a nation, we've grown as a culture in terms of even, I think, you know, quite frankly, most of the people that played Puerto Ricans the first time weren't Puerto Rican, they just had bronzer. (laughs) Um, And so even the perspective and understanding the perspective of that community uh, was different. And, uh, but man, man, it was good. And you're like, oh, he did that. Oh, and then he's done all these other, you know, <laughs> sci-fi. And I mean, it just, sh- you know, it's it's pretty remarkable.
0: For sure. Who is your favorite character from a
1: movie? Uh, go to going back to uh, the movie I mentioned, uh, Shawshank Redemption. I love the character of Andy Dufresne. Nice. Uh, and the progression that you see in him from the beginning to the end um and and i also absolutely love samwise gamgee. um Oh
0: nice. Okay. I love the,
1: I love Tolkien and i love you know that whole all those books um but but watching that uh character uh play out from the beginning we just did a movie marathon a lord of the rings movie marathon with my son for his 12th nice. birthday and then just watching that from beginning to end
2: uh it was just pretty pretty cool.
0: Awesome. Question 9.
2: Um, where are we? Oh, (laughs) what is your favorite movie snack food? Reese's Pieces.
1: Nice. Reese's Pieces and a half and half icy with blue raspberry and white cherry. I like it. Nice.
0: All right. So the, the grand finale question, if they made the John Owens movie, who is cast as John Owens?
1: That this one is hard, um, but it depends on what phase. If okay. it's the high school phase that you see behind Jason, mm-hmm. Anthony Ramos.
0: Oh, okay, I could see that for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: I had the curls. I had the curls for it. So I I, I do like how
0: you went from having the amazing hair on top of your head when we were in high school to now the epically awesome beard on your face.
1: Well, you know, the recession hit us all. man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: Trust me. I know.
1: Yeah. But the funny thing is I've been growing this out uh, for the role of try of try. As soon as the show is over, uh, I I have promised my wife because she she is tired of. She doesn't like to kiss me when she gets a uh, beard hair stuck in, in, in her lips. So, uh, it will be, we'll have a shade. There'll be a shearing
0: okay, on Sunday night, March 6th. Nice. <laughs> All right. So Anthony Ramos, who plays now, John Owens? Um, you know what?
1: I, I would almost, let me see. Um, what's my man's name i uh, i'm blanking out of his name right now he's he plays uh commissioner gordon in the new batman film oh yes film.
0: say it what again say? Jeffrey? It's, it's, uh
3: yeah,
0: yes it's, yes um yeah it's he, a dude it's a dude from westworld uh, Je- uh jeffrey wright yes jeffrey yes.
3: Wright.
0: yes oh dude that's great casting that's yeah that's awesome all right, so I always I always ask everybody this also because I have huge curiosities. If you if Jason and I were characters in your movie, who plays each of us? Oh gosh, I love I love hearing people's reactions to this one. So again, I, I, well, I'm gonna
1: stick. I'm gonna stick to. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to high school versions of. Sounds us. good. Because oh no. <laughs> Because honestly, that I mean, that was you know, that was really a time where we were running around, sure. And I would say, I'm trying to think if I were to pick,
2: I like Ethan Embry's when uh, when Michael was on here and he picked Ethan Embry for me, at least that was <laughs> <laughs> different. And I wasn't expecting that one, so you
1: know what, it's it's that I've got to think of names, man, but um not um gosh why am i blanking out on this uh i'd have to think about that okay all right
2: understandable i was going to say either that or give me the character and i'll find it for you if i don't know it so
1: (laughs) well i i feel like i would almost say for jason perhaps a younger seth
0: rogan um, he he gets that a lot. He does. He's not happy about it, but he gets yeah, that from well, other people, and that's
1: why I was hesitant because I know like what
2: that it is, be, man. Like um, especially when Forty Year Old Virgin came out, man. Like <laughs> everybody, everybody was like, "That's Jason."
1: But I'm trying to think. Uh, what's dude who was um? What's the kid that was in it, and he was also in Stranger Things?
0: Oh, Finn Wolford.
2: Yes,
1: Is
0: it the I feel like you.
2: Ghostbusters, right?
0: Yeah, from Ghostbusters. I feel like you had some.
1: L, I think he could play. I mean, he'd need some tweaking, but I feel like he could play Shane. a teenage Shane.
0: Okay, I'm. I'm not opposed to that. I dig that. Oh man, John! It has been so much fun catching up with you tonight, man. Going down, Likewise, going man. down High School Lane, getting all that out. Thank you for agreeing to join us to promote Little Mermaid. I, I know Jason, and I are both super excited to go see it. I hope some other people check it out. I love the fact you're getting back into theater. I love the fact that your son is so passionate about, about creating stuff. And I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can add something better that we all did together, other than consternate. Hey. I, I think, And I think we can. I think we can. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Next week, I think we might finally do the Soundtracks episode. Uh, Soundtracks, have, have we've, we've had the script for like three weeks now, and it just kept getting pushed back. So I think next week we're finally going to do the Soundtracks episode, unless something better comes up between now and then. We'll see. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you guys next week.